ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness. We seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone. and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. This evening, Bezanillahi ta'ala, we'd like to continue uh, with our discussion concerning the creed or the aqidah of al-Sa'ifa, al-Najiyah, al-Mansura, the victorious saved sect as it has been mentioned in the essay of Hafiz al-Hakami Rahimahullah, which he has entitled Alam al-Sunnah al-Manshura. In the previous lecture, we have completed our discussion of the first of the pillars of Iman, uh, or more specifically, our discussion of the last of the three divisions of the Tawheed, the Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat, in which the author uh, mentioned the question, what is the opposite of Tawheed al-Asma wa Sifat? And he said that it is Ilhad, and he mentioned the types of ilhad, and the deviation in the correct understanding of the names of Allah and His characteristics. After that, he discussed the point, or the fact, or the reality that all of the divisions of Tawheed, Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, and Uluhiyyah, and Asma wa Sifat, that all of these aspects of Tawheed are interrelated and inseparable, and that whoever denies or negates one of them, then it is the denial or the negation of all of them. After this we began with the second of the pillars of Iman, that is the requirement to have faith in the angels, and he mentioned the evidences from the Quran as well as the Sunnah, and the meaning, what does it mean to believe in the angels, and to have firm, resolute acknowledgement or confession of the reality of these creatures that are creatures of Allah under the control of Allah and in submission to Him. And then he mentioned a number of various types of the angels and that which Allah has created them for, that is their work, what He has created them to do. Uh, after this, we entered into the third of the pillars of Iman and that's what we want to continue discussing this evening, and that is Al-Iman Bil-Qutub, that is having Iman or faith in the revelation, the divine scriptures. And the first question that he asked, which is, Yani, what we have been accustomed to, what is the evidence, what is the proof, what is the delil of the requirement of having Iman in the Qutub or the revelation, the scriptures that Allah has revealed. And he mentioned a number of proofs, after which the question came, have all of the scriptures that were revealed, have all of them been mentioned in the Qur'an? And he said, those that which have been mentioned in the Qur'an are the Qur'an itself, the Torah, the Injil, the Zabur, and the Suhuf of Ibrahim and Musa, and the Suhuf of Musa it is a Torah, as some of the scholars of Tafsir said. Uh, and this is what we, where we stopped at, 
This evening, we would like to take as many of the questions as possible from what remains of the matters related to Al-Imam Bil-Qutub, the revelations of the divine scriptures that Allah has revealed. And he has discussed it in general, and then he has discussed the issues specifically related to the Qur'an. And finally, he has discussed some of the deviations in reference to the correct aqidah of the Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah concerning the Qur'an. The first question is question number 79. What is the meaning of Al-Iman Bi-Qutubillahi Azza wa Jalla? And what do we mean when we say that we are required to have Iman, to have faith in the divine revelation? What does this actually entail? Does it mean that we say, I believe in the revelations? Which revelations, how do we believe in them, what is required of us, what is the meaning of this? So the Shaykh Hafiz al-Hakami, rahimahullah, he says that the meaning of having iman or faith in the divine revelation, he said it means at-tasdiq al-jazim, at-tasdiq al-jazim, that the person confirms the truthfulness of this matter with certainty, without any doubt, jazim, definiteness having certain definite affirmation and acknowledgement of this reality. What reality? That all of the divine revelations or scriptures, they are munazzal min indillahi azza wa jalla. That all of the revelations, iman in the book means that we believe in all of them, all of what Allah has revealed, that they are sent down, that they are revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also it entails believing that Allah has spoken those words which he has revealed to his prophets in reality. That these are the words of Allah which he has spoken in reality, in real speech. And then the Shaykh Rahimahullah says that this speech, the speech of Allah that has been revealed to the Prophet, he said that it is of various types. From amongst those sites is that which is مَسْمُوعَ مِنْهُ تَعَالَى مِنْ hijabin bidun rasul al-maliki Yani there is a type of revelation that it is heard, al-masmu'a, it is heard, revelation that is heard from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but from behind a veil, behind a screen. Yani with something in between that Prophet who is hearing it and in between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, he hears it from Allah without any intermediary, without any messenger. Yani, al-Rusul al-Maliki, it means the messenger that is an angel. Not sent through an angel, but he hears it directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but from behind the hijab. The second type, he said, is that which it is delivered or conveyed by the messenger, which is an angel. A messenger that Allah sent, sent, to the messengers to humanity, he sends an angel as a messenger to that messenger which is a human being. And there is a Rasul that is an angel, and there is a Rasul that is a human being. So this is the second type of the speech of Allah, or the books, or the revelation. It is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends that revelation through an angel to the human being that he has selected as a prophet or a messenger. Then he said, a third type is that which Allah himself has written with his hand. That which Allah has written. Allah has written the revelation down with his hand. And he said that this, this is what is mentioned in the following proof. The first of those proofs is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Shura, chapter 42, verse 51. 
وما كان لبشر أن يكلمه الله إلا وحيا أو من وراء حجاب أو يرسل رسولا فيوحي فيوحي بإذنه ما يشاء إنه علي حكيم. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions three types of revelation. And the scholars of Tafsir said that this was in reference to some of the pagan disbelievers who requested to hear Allah speaking. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to them with this ayat, وَمَا كَانَ لِبَشْرٍ أَنْ يُكَلِّمُهُ اللَّهِ And it is not for any human being that Allah should speak to them. Allah doesn't speak to every human being, each and every person or anyone. But Allah, He doesn't speak to any human being except Yani those who have selected and those who have chosen in these ways. Illa wahyan. Yani revelation. And the scholars of Tafsir said that this wahi, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He delivers that message directly to the heart of the messenger, of the Prophet. Yani He delivers it to the heart of the messenger directly. From Allah, He sends that revelation to the heart of the one He has chosen as a Prophet or a messenger. Some of the scholars said this is ilham, yani inspiration. He inspires that message in the heart of that person. And ilham is not limited to prophets and messengers, but even some other selected human beings have been given inspiration. So not every ilham indicates prophethood. Wahi, yani that which is inspiration that goes directly to the heart of the person. Aw min warai hijabin. And the second type is that which is spoken by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but from behind the screen, behind the veil. The person hears it. But he doesn't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he hears his speech. The third type, أو يرسل رسولا, or he sends a messenger. Yani, meaning that he sends an angel to a human being to deliver the message. فَيُهْيَ بِإِذْنِهِ مَا يَشَاءُ And then that angel yani, delivers that message by the permission of Allah, yani, whatever Allah wills. The second evidence that he mentioned concerning the types of revelation and he related to uh, what he has mentioned in the introduction to this question that the types of revelation are different types and he has said that they are that which is heard from behind the screen and that which is delivered by an angel who is a messenger to the human being who is a messenger and the third type he said that that which Allah has written with his hand. So in this ayat we have seen two of those types which he mentioned that which is heard from behind the screen and that which is delivered by a messenger and in addition to that al-wahi that which is al-ham that is delivered directly to the heart of the prophet or the messenger the third type that the shaykh rahimahullah mentioned is his writing and he mentions the proof in what follows uh, one of the evidences he mentions for the types of revelation is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-araf chapter 7 verse 144 and the saying of Allah to Musa salam إِنِّي إِسْتَطَيْتُكَ عَلَى النَّاسِ بِرِسَالَاتِ وَبِكَلَامِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Verily I have chosen you, I have selected you over the rest of humanity, over other people. Special selection over the other people to be given something special, that is my message, my messages. بِرِسَالَاتِ وَبِكَلَامِ And by my speech. And this speech here refers to the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken directly to him. And this is why he is known as Allah, the one who Allah has spoken to directly with real speech. After that he mentioned that which confirms this point from Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 164, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا And Allah has spoken to Musa with real speech. 
taklima, with real speech. And this word taklima, it is a nasdaq, and the scholars of Arabic language said that it is used to confirm the meaning of the verb that precedes it. Allah has spoken. Allah has spoken to Musa. In case there is any doubt whether it, whether it is real speech, then he has confirmed that he means real speaking, taklima. Then he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala related to a Torah. And this is the third type that the Shaykh has mentioned in his answer. That is that Allah writes by his hand, the revelation, he said, the saying of Allah in Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, verse 145. That we have written, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that we have written for him, for Musa alayhi salam, fil al-wahi min kulli shayin mawaidatan wa taqseelan li kulli shayin. That we have written for him in the tablet, yani lessons to be drawn in from everything, min kulli shayin, lessons, mawaidah, that may be taken from everything, wa taqseelan, and detailed explanations of all things. Then he mentions what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, <coughs> concerning Isa alayhi salam wa atainahu al-Injil and we have given him the Injil from Surah Al-Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 46 and then he mentioned the saying of Allah from Surah Al-Nisa chapter 4 verse 163 wa atayna Dawooda Zabura and we have given Dawood Zabur the psalm and then he said that we have pre- mentioned previously uh, with the, yani this with the expression love the tanzil yani the tanzil means that the revelation that is sent it is by it is it descends and it is sent down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala down to those who he revealed to on the earth after this after the mention of these verses which talk about the types of revelation then the Shaykh Rahimahullah talks about the Qur'an specifically. And whenever we talk about Al-Iman Bil-Qutub, the believing in the Qutub, then most of the scholars of Sunnah, they have made as a sub-topic the discussion of the Qur'an itself more specifically as being the final revelation, the one that is complete and lasting, and it is the guidance of humanity to the Yawm Qiyam. So here the Shaykh, he says, what Allah has said concerning the matter of the Qur'an. He mentioned from Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 166. لَكِنِّ اللَّهُ يَشْحَدُ بِمَا And however Allah, Allah bears witness to what He has sent down to you. Meaning the Prophet Allah testifies concerning that which He has sent down to you. And he has sent it down, anzalahu bi'ilmihi. The scholars have given different interpretations of what is the meaning of anzalahu bi'ilmihi. Some of them said, yani bi'ilmihi, it means the ilm of Allah, yani the divine knowledge, and the legislated rulings, and the knowledge of the news, or the information of the unseen things, of the past or of the future. Yani bi'ilmihi, he sent it down bi'ilmihi, with his knowledge, meaning his, the knowledge with some of the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa is contained in that revelation. Some of the scholars said, bi'ilmihi means, yani with his knowledge, meaning that he knows who it is that he is revealing it to, that he is revealing it to the best of humanity. And therefore the people should accept that which has been revealed through the one whom when Allah chose him to give his revelation to, he knows who he is selecting and who he is choosing and he only chooses the best of humanity. 
So he said, this concerning the Qur'an that it is sent down with the knowledge of Allah and the angels also testify to such and Allah is sufficient as a witness. This is something concerning yani, the status of the Qur'an. Then he said also the saying of Allah from Surah Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 106. Uh, here, this ayat also has been given different interpretations. However, yani, the, one of the clearest of the meanings is that it is the Quran, it is a recitation or a recital, a book that is to be read and to recite it. Means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has divided it into parts. He hasn't sent it down as one revelation at one time, but He has divided it into parts so that the Prophet so that you may read it to the people in intervals from time to time, little by little. وَنَزَّلْنَاهُ تَنْزِيلًا We have sent it down in stages. And some of the scholars said that this is so that, uh, that that which is appropriate will be revealed in its time and the people will have a chance to reflect upon it and to understand it and to memorize it and to implement it. This is also something concerning the characteristics of the Qur'an, how it was revealed, its purpose and so on. Then he said the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Shura, chapter 26, verse 192 to 195. That indeed, definitely, this Quran, it is that which is sent down from the Lord of the world. It is a revelation that is sent down from the Lord of all the world. And the one who has descended with it to deliver it, it is a messenger from amongst the angels. And is the trustworthy spirit that is the angel Jibril alayhi salam. Ala qalbita itakuna min al-munzirin. And it has been taken from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sent down through the angel Jibril to be delivered to the heart of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam to be placed in his heart so that he will be from amongst the warners, those who warn the people from disobedience to Allah and disbelieving in him. Bilisan in Arabian mubeen. And it is revealed in a clear Arabic language. Uh, also, he mentioned the saying of Allah, and in the last verse that he mentioned concerning the Qur'an, is the saying of Allah from Surah Al-Fusilat, chapter 41, verses 41 and 42. And he barely those who disbelieved in the dhikr, the reminder, the Qur'an, this Qur'an that is a reminder to humanity. He said, barely those who disbelieved in the dhikr who have rejected it and denied it when it has come to them and the taqdeer or the understanding of this is what will be the end of those who deny it yani that they will be earning the wrath of Allah the punishment of Allah verily those who disbelieve in the dhikr when it comes to them it is left here but it is understood that the meaning of it is what will be their end that they will be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَإِنَّهُ لَكِتَابٌ عَزِيزٌ indeed verily it is a mighty book an honorable, respected book because it is from Allah, the Lord of the world. It is the speech of Allah, the creator of the heavens and the earth and the one who controls the affairs of the universe. This mighty, honorable book, he said, لا يأتيه الباطل من بين يديه ولا من خلفه تنزيل من حكيم الحميد That falsehood, الباطل, falsehood cannot approach it 
not from before it nor from behind it. Meaning it is Kitabun Aziz. As some of the scholars said, it is a mighty book that is strong and well protected and fortified and falsehood cannot enter it from any way whatsoever because it is revelation from Hakim, the one who is wise, Hamid, the one who is praiseworthy. And he said, <coughs> the ayahs concerning the Quran are many. The next question, after what is the meaning of believing in the revelations of Allah, the books of Allah, and believing that they are from Allah, that they are revealed from Allah, and that they are truthful. He said, after this, and knowing what is the position or the status or the rank of the Quran, in reference to the revealed scriptures that were given to the prophets and messengers throughout history, in question number 80 he said, what is the manzila, manzila to Quran? What is the status? or the rank or the position of the Qur'an in relation to Al-Qutub Al-Mutaqaddimah yani the earlier revelation what is the rank or the status of the Qur'an in relation to the earlier revelation uh, the Shaykh Rahimahullah says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said concerning this matter yani the status of the Qur'an in reference to the other scriptures what is its position in, re- in reference to other scriptures, he mentions the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 48, وَإِنْزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابِ بِالْحَقِّ And the first thing is that this Qur'an it has been sent down to the Prophet ﷺ in truth, بِالْحَقِّ وَإِنْزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابِ بِالْحَقِّ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَمُحَيْمِنًا عَلَيْهِ And the Qur'an has been sent down in truth, and it is muqaddiqan, yani it testifies to the truthfulness of what has been revealed before it, in the earlier book, or the other scriptures or revelations that have come before it. It testifies to the truthfulness of them, and it is also a fulfillment of what the earlier scriptures have prophesied, or what has been prophesied in the earlier scriptures, it has come true in the revelation of the Qur'an. And it is muhaymanan alayhi, yani that it is a witness or a guardian or a protector uh, it is the, the final judge the judge or the criterion for the other books in the explanation of Muhammad the Sheikh talks about uh, and he explains it and he, similar to how it has been explained by some of the scholars of Shafir uh, and we will come back to this discussion after when he brings it up so he said that it is, yani the main characteristics of the Qur'an is that it testifies to the truth of what was revealed before it and that it is a guardian and it is a witness for what has been revealed before. Then he said the saying of Allah in Surah Yunus chapter 10 verse 37 وَمَا كَانَ هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ it is not possible that this Qur'an could have been produced by anyone other than Allah min dunillah and in someone less than Allah other than Allah it can only it is so great that it can only it could only have come from the creator of the heavens and the earth the lord of the world it's not possible as they claim that it was fabricated that he made it up that it was something that he uh, fabricated the, here the Qur'an denies this It is not possible it could have been produced by other than Allah But indeed it is تصديق. It is the confirmation of that which came before The earlier scriptures 
Tafsir al-Kitab and it is a full, it gives the full explanation of the Kitab. And in some of the scholars of Tafsir said that al-Kitab here it means not Tafsir of the Kitab, the book, explanation of the book, but it is here Kitab, it means what Allah has decreed. It is Tafsir of the Kitab, it means Tafsir of what Allah has decreed, what Allah has made lawful, and what Allah has made unlawful, and the Ahkam al-Diniyya, والأحكام القضرية what the أحكام the, the judgment that Allah has made in the Sharia to rule for the people to live by in this world as well as the judgment or the rulings or decisions that Allah has made that uh, the universe is subjected to and some said that it also means the information or the reports that it brings it brings in detail reports any truthful reports of what has happened in the past as well as what will happen in the future there's no doubt about it, there's no doubt in it, there's no, no doubt concerning it having been revealed from the Lord of the world. Again, this shows the position of the Qur'an, that the position of the Qur'an is that it confirms what came before it. Then he says also the saying of Allah from Surah Yusuf, chapter 12, verse 111, ما كان حديثا يفترى ولكن تصديق الذي بين يديه وتفصيل كل شيء وهدى ورحمة لقوم يؤمنون that it is not a speech hadith it is not some speech that is invented or fabricated or forced indeed it is the confirmation of what has come before and the detailed explanation of everything all the matters that a human being needs to know in this life it is guidance and it is a mercy for those who believe. It is a guidance and it is a mercy for the people of Iman. Those who accept it and believe that it is true, if they follow it, indeed it is huda, it is guidance, and it is a rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his teachers. The scholars of Tafsir said, Muhaymanan, this word Muhaymanan, the Sheikh says that the scholars of Tafsir said, Muhaymanan, it means Mu'atamanan. Yani it means that which is like a guardian, the one it is entrusted to protect and preserve something, to protect and preserve all of the good and the truth that was revealed in the earlier scriptures. And it is also a witness of what has come in the books that were revealed before it, testifying to the truthfulness of what was revealed in those books, meaning that it testifies and he testifies to what remains in those books of truth. And whatever is remaining in the earlier scriptures after they have been distorted and corrupted, whatever remains in them of truth, the Quran testifies to the truthfulness of that. And it, and it also, uh, whatever has been uh, corrupted, whatever has been distorted in it, or whatever has been exchanged, something of the revelation exchanged for that which is from the human being or whatever has been changed, then it negates it, it nullifies it, and it rejects it. And the Qur'an confirms for us what is truthful that is remaining in the earlier scriptures, whether the Torah or Injil or other scriptures, and it also rejects that which has been added to it, that which has been distorted or exchanged or changed. And it also makes it rule over it in terms of that which is abrogated in it and that which uh, remain, Danny, in force. And not 
والتقدير يعني the Quran is the final decider of what is abrogated from the earlier scriptures and that which remains in force for this reason all of those who adhere strictly to the earlier books all of those who are sincere and truthful and they claim to be following any of the earlier scriptures whatever remains of it all of those people they submit and they surrender to this Quran when it comes to them except for those who turn back on their heels and those who after claiming to believe they disbelieve because if they were sincere in claiming they believed in the message that was given to Isa alayhi salam or Musa alayhi salam or any of the other prophets that were sent to humanity if they were sincere in that when the Quran came they would realize it is the truth that has been predicted or prophesied in the scriptures and it confirms the truth of what is with them and therefore they would also surrender themselves to it, submit to it and follow it and this is as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Qasr chapter 28 verse 52 and 53 الَّذِينَ أَتَيْنَهُمُ الْكِتَابِ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ يعني those who we have given the book from before before the Quran was revealed the earlier scriptures هُمْ بِهِ يُؤْمِنُونَ Yani they believe in this Qur'an, they believe in it. Those who were given the scriptures earlier, the sincere and truthful ones from amongst them, uh, they believe in it. وَإِذَا يُتْلَ عَلَيْهِمْ قَالُوا أَمَنَّا بِهِ إِنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّنَا إِنَّا كُنَّا مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مُسْلِمِينَ Yani when the Qur'an is recited to them, and this is also mentioned in the Qur'an, when the Qur'an is recited to them, He says that they say we believe in it. Amanna bihi. We believe in it. Indeed, it is the truth from our Lord. They recognize the truth that is in Quran that confirms that the truth that was with them. Indeed, they said, Inna kunna min qablihi. Yani before the revelation of the Quran, they were Muslimin. And the meaning of their being Muslimin, it is the general meaning of Islam. That all of the earlier prophets were Muslims. And the way of life that they brought to the people, it is Islam. And the Qur'an confirms this, that Nuh alayhi salam, that he was a Muslim, and that Ibrahim was a Muslim, and that the Hawariyun, the disciples of Isa, they were Muslims. And so many other, the mention of so many others, they are mentioned in the Qur'an as being Muslim. The meaning of Muslim here, it means al-istislam lillahi bita'ah. And those who surrender themselves to obedience to Allah, The message that was brought by the earlier prophets, all of this, all of these are, all of this is Islam and these are Muslims and this is the general sense of Islam. Whereas the specific sense of Islam, it means the final stage of the revelation, that which has come in the Quran, the Sharia of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they said indeed we were before this, even before the Quran was revealed we were Muslims, meaning they had surrendered themselves to the truth, to obedience to Allah, submission to Allah with Tawheed. And Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Sayneen, Rahimahullah, he has discussed this in detail, but for the sake of time, uh, what I have mentioned concerning the general meaning of Islam and the special meaning of Islam is the summary of what he has said concerning this. And many of the other scholars, even the earlier scholars we have mentioned, Shaykh al-Islam al-Sayneen has mentioned what is the general meaning of Islam and the specific meaning of Islam. And the general meaning of Islam, it is the confirmation that all of the earlier prophets were Muslims and that the religion that they brought or the way of life that they brought, it was Islam. Even though the Sharia of those prophets may have been different on some point, however, the, the essence of it, it is a Tawheed, that is the same, that is what was brought by every prophet, and that is Al-Islam. In question number 81, the Shaykh says, 
ما الذي يجب التزامه في حق القرآن على جميع الأمة يعني what is it that is obligatory it is mandatory for the whole of the Ummah جميع الأمة all of the Muslims all of those who claim to accept this truth what is it that it is obligatory for us to stick to to adhere to in reference to حق القرآن the right of the Quran what is the right of the Quran that every person is required to adhere to and this is very important if we consider that many of the Muslims all over the world whether in the Arab countries or otherwise claim to identify with Islam and to believe in the Quran however believing in the revelation requires something from us and believing in the Quran requires something from us the Quran has right over those who claim to believe in it and this is what the Shaykh is meaning here what is the right of the Quran over those who claim to believe in it he said it is اتباعهو ظاهرا وباطنا it is following it outwardly and inwardly following the Quran whoever believes in it they are, the right of the Quran over the one who claims to believe in it is that they must follow it outwardly and inwardly outwardly whatever it requires us to do or to abstain from then we must avoid those things or we must fulfill those things and inwardly in our heart we must believe what it requires of us and reject what it has rejected this is attiba' of the Quran and likewise at-tamassuk bihi adhering to it or sticking to it strictly adhering to what is in the Quran every detail of it at-tamassuk means holding to it tightly not loosely loosely means that you take something from it and leave some of it and you are not that concerned about it but at-tamassuk means every detail of it every aspect of it you adhere to it this is required this is the right of the Quran that every word of it is the word of Allah and therefore Muslim must hold tight to it and not let any of it go والقيام بحقه and that we must fulfill its right يعني what he said here the right of the Quran over us that we must stick to it is اتباع following it inwardly and outwardly التنصف به adhering to it strictly والقيام بحقه and fulfilling all of its right Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 155 وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ أَنزَلْنَاهُ مُبَارَكٌ فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَاتَّقُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ And this is a book أَنزَلْنَاهُ مُبَارَكٌ It is a book which we have sent down and it is blessed. It is a blessed book. يعني أنزلناه Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is a book which I have sent down which we have sent down and it is a blessed book. In it is and it is full of that which is good and blessings are extracted from it the blessings come from this book therefore therefore you must follow it it means that since this book is sent down by Allah and since it is full of barakah then you must adhere to it you must follow it so follow it and also fear Allah and fear Allah in reference to that which came in the Quran and fulfill that which we have been commanded within the Quran and avoid that which we have been prohibited and in this way لعلكم ترحمون in this way you will earn the rahmah or the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also he mentioned the saying of Allah from Surah Al-A'raf chapter 7 verse 3 اتبعوا ما أنزل إليكم من Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah he has given 
a command and he has given a prohibition. It is an order that you must follow that which has been sent down or revealed to you from your Lord. You must follow it. And you must not follow any of the awliya other than Allah. Yani anyone that you take as a wali, as a supporter, a helper, or a patron, don't take anyone instead of Allah as your wali, such that you will disobey what is in the Quran in obedience to that one that you have taken as a wali from the awliya. So Allah has ordered us, follow that which has been revealed to you of the Quran and don't follow anything or anyone other than Allah. Don't take anyone as a wali for you that you will obey and that you will seek to please to the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he said the saying of Allah surah al-A'raq chapter 7 verse 170 وَالَّذِينَ يُمَسِّقُونَ بِالْكِتَابِ وَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةِ إِنَّا لَا نُضِعُوا أَجْرَ الْمُسْلِحِينَ and here Allah talks about those people who fulfill the right that the Qur'an over, has over them. وَالَّذِينَ يُنَسِّقُونَ بِالْكِتَابِ Yani those who adhere to, hold on tightly to the book, to the whole of the book. وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةِ And they perform the prayers. For verily we do not cause to be lost any of the reward of the Muslihin. The Muslihin, it is those who uh, do that which is good and right and also help the people to do that which is good and right. And Muslih is the one who not only takes care of their own self but also attends to the other people. And Islah requires not only attending to oneself but it also requires that one attend to the others. Allah does not force to be lost the reward of the Muslihin. And he's also hold fast to the book and who perform the Salat and fulfill the obligations that Allah has placed upon us. He said that this is general kulli kitab. Yani that this statement or this right that is the right of the Quran, it is general for the whole of the book or kulli kitab, yani for every book, every book that Allah has revealed, it has the right that the people should have followed it completely and totally just as today with the final revelation everyone is required to adhere to the Quran. And the verses, the ayat of this meaning he said are many, and then he mentions a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that the Prophet ﷺ has advised us concerning the Qur'an. He said, Take hold of the book of Allah, take hold of it. Take hold of it and hold it tightly, adhere to it strictly. This hadith recorded in Sahih Muslim and then the Shaykh mentioned another hadith which the scholars, the contemporary scholars as well as the earlier scholars declared to be unacceptable Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi, he mentioned after narrating this hadith that it was not known to come from any other chain than this one that he narrated it by and he said that this Ismail contains a majhul, a narrator which, whose reliability is unknown who has not been accredited and it also contains another narrator that some any bad comments have been made. Some of them said that he was accused of al-Kazib lying, and some of them said that he was mutashayyah, yani from the Shia, the Shia of the earlier generations, not like the Rafid of today. Uh, in any case, it was a criticism of him. Uh, as Sheikh Ahmed Shaki, rahimahullah, said concerning this hadith that it is da'if, and Sheikh Al-Bani, rahimahullah, also said that it is da'if jiddan. In any case, the meaning of the hadith uh, that has been mentioned first, it is sufficient, take hold of the book of Allah 
and hold to it tightly. As far as the hadith that he mentioned after that, it is the hadith of Ali radiallahu anhu, which has been attributed to the Prophet sallallahu that he said that there will be, and in the future there will be fitan, trials and tribulations, and Ali radiallahu anhu said to him, what is the way out from this, O Messenger of Allah? And he said, Kitabullah. Even though the chain for this hadith is unacceptable and we do not attribute it to the Prophet sallallahu Nonetheless, the meaning of it is, confer- is confirmed in the previous hadith and it is known by many hadith and from <coughs> many ayats of the Qur'an itself that the Book of Allah, it is the way out from trials and tribulations. Uh, after this, the Shaykh mentioned in, had- in question number 82, what is the meaning of At-Tamassuq bil-Kitab wal-Qiyam bi-Haqqihi? What, is the, what, does, what is, does he mean when he says التمسخ بالكتاب that you must adhere to the book strictly adhering to the book and fulfilling its rights right. what does this mean? actually the answer that the Sheikh has given here it is very close to what has been mentioned by some of the earlier scholars in the explanation of the 40 hadith of Al-Imam al-Nawwi Al-Imam al-Nawwi in his explanation of 40, his 40 hadith collection uh, the hadith of deen al-Nasiha that the deen is Nasiha that it requires sincerity and good advice and so on uh, the, in that hadith, they said, "Kulna liman," and they said to the Prophet Sallallahu "This nasiha it is for who?" And he said, "Lillahi wa li kitabihi wa li rasulihi wa li aimmat al-Muslimin wa amatihim." That it is, and being sincere to Allah, fulfilling the rights of Allah in the Book of Allah, in the Messenger of Allah, and the leaders of the Muslims, and the general population of the Muslims. In that hadith, Imam Nawawi, and likewise Imam Ibn Zakhiq al-Aid, and others, in their explanation, they have given an explanation concerning the nasiha that, we, that is the right of the book of Allah similar to what the Shaykh has said here except there's some additions here or whatever he has said something a little different and they have mentioned some other things in all of this what they have said if anybody goes back to that hadith at deen and nasiha they will find that what has been mentioned there it is included in the meaning of what the Shaykh intends here what is the meaning of التمسك بالكتاب والقيام بحقه holding tight to the book and fulfilling its rights Number one, he said, حفظه, memorizing it. And the first right of the Book of Allah is that it has the right to be memorized. It's not a normal book that people just read and get some benefit from it, but actually it has a right that it should be memorized. So this is the first right of the Book of Allah. The second right is tilawatuhu, that it should be recited. It shouldn't be put on a high shelf and left to collect dust, but it should be recited. The Muslims should recite it. وَالْقِيَامْ بِهِ أَنَا اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ And that the Muslims should stand in the recitation of the Qur'an in the day and in the night. And perhaps he means here, الْقِيَامْ بِهِ Allahu alam perhaps he means standing in salat. And recitation of the Qur'an outside of the salat and recitation of the Qur'an in the salat. Then he said, تَدَبُّرُ آيَاتِهِ تَدَبُّرُ آيَاتِهِ And this is a great right of the of the Qur'an over the believers holding tight to it and fulfilling its rights it requires reflection upon its ayat not just speed reading but reflecting upon the ayat reflecting upon the meaning what does it require of us what does Allah intend by this what is he warning us from or encouraging us to reflection reflecting on the Qur'an then he said ihlal halalihi wa tahreem haramihi that we declare and we accept and we act Upon that which it has made lawful, we accept it as being lawful. And we consume it. And we act upon and we accept and declare to be unlawful what it has declared to be unlawful. That means we reject whatever it has 
made haram and also compliance with all of its commands and avoiding all of its prohibitions and taking a lesson from its examples or parables the parables that are in the Quran reflecting on it and taking a lesson from it one of the brothers we were talking to a non-Muslim about Islam he wasn't interested so when it became clear that he wasn't interested I think the brother became a little frustrated and he, he used one of the parables of the Quran he said to him don't be like the donkey there's a parable in the Quran and the donkey is the one that carries the books the knowledge but doesn't benefit from it so that guy had come to take some books for somebody else so he was saying don't be like a donkey and you don't carry books about Islam to somebody else and don't benefit yourself the point is that the parables of the Quran have real meaning it has real meaning the Muslims also may be like the donkey the one who is collecting knowledge but not benefiting from it don't be like the one carrying that knowledge and then not acting in accordance with it also he said <coughs> taking warning from its stories and in the stories that are mentioned in the Quran let it be a warning to us that we take heed to it and understand what it is meaning when we see what was the end of those before then he said acting in accordance with that which is muhkam yani the clear ayats of the Quran acting in accordance with them practicing them imp- implementing them and that which is mutashabiha that which ha- can have more than one meaning submitting to it surrendering to it and not arguing against it or fighting it or giving it some foreign interpretation then he said al-wuquf anda hududihi that we must stop in it with any at the point of the boundaries that the Quran has said we must stop at those boundaries and not go beyond them wazab anhu and we must defend the Quran from the distortions of the ghalim the ghalim those those who go to the extreme who go beyond the bounds who go outside of yani the correct interpretation of the Quran and the deceptions of the mubtilin the people of falsehood yani who use deception to try to enter falsehood into the Quran or to deceive the people and mislead them yani we must defend the Quran from the distortions and the deceptions of the enemies of the truth wal nasiha lahu bi kulli maaniha wal nasiha lahu and we must yani here is where the sheikh has taken this word from the hadith of the prophet ad-din and go to the extreme, go beyond the bounds, go outside of I mean, the correct interpretation of the Qur'an and the deceptions of the mubtileen, the people of falsehood I mean, who use deception to try to enter falsehood into the Qur'an or to deceive the people and mislead them I and mean, we must defend the Qur'an from the distortions and the deceptions of the enemies of the truth وَالنَّسِيحَ لَهُ بِكُلِّ مَعَانِيهَا وَالنَّسِيحَ لَهُ and we must and yani here is where the shaykh has taken this word from the hadith of the prophet al-deen al-nasihah he said وَالنَّسِيحَ لَهُ and we must have nasihah for the book of Allah what is the nasihah of the book of Allah? it is all of this and it is memorizing it, reciting it, understanding its meanings stopping at its boundaries, fulfilling its commands, avoiding its prohibitions learning its meanings, acting in accordance with it and calling to it calling others to it, all of this it is the nasihah that is the right of the book of Allah وَالدَّعْوَ إِلَى ذَلِكَ عَلَى بَصِيرَةِ and calling to that to all of this that has been mentioned يعني على بصيرة based on knowledge based on knowledge this is what is the meaning of التمسق بالكتاب والكيام بحقه and this is very important this question and this answer every one of us needs to reflect upon ourselves and we need, we need to examine ourselves where do we stand in reference to this subject 
of التمسك بالكتاب والقيام بحقه How much are we holding tight to the book of Allah and fulfilling its rights? And how much have we let go, let loose from the book of Allah and we have not fulfilled its rights? After this, the Shaykh, and I think we will stop here. Uh, what time remaining for that, then? Ten minutes? This question is a long question. Okay, anyway, we'll try to take this as the last question. Question number 83. What is the ruling concerning... Here the Shaykh is going to a new topic now, the deviation. Yani he hinted at it when he said protecting the Qur'an from those who distort it and those who try to deceive the people concerning the truth of the Qur'an. He said, what is the ruling concerning the one من قال بخلق القرآن? What is the ruling concerning the one who claims the belief that the Qur'an is created? And this was a uh, severe, a serious deviation uh, that some of the people have fallen into uh, after they deviated from the way of the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba and the early generations of the Muslims. They, some of the people held this idea that the Qur'an is created. And it is said by some of the scholars that Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, he is known as the Imam of the people of Sunnah, Imam Ahl Sunnah, because of this fitna of the Khalq al-Qur'an, the idea that the Qur'an was created. And he was the one who stood up against overwhelming odds and defended this position and refused to bow and was imprisoned for it. Because he stuck to his position on the truth that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah and it is not created. For that reason, many of the other scholars also stood up behind him and the people stood up behind them and the correct aqidah of Islam concerning the Qur'an was preserved. So what is the ruling concerning the one who says that the Qur'an is created? He said that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, the mighty and the majestic, haqiqatan. In reality, it is the real speech of Allah. Turufuhu wa ma'anihi. Yani its letters, the words that it is written with, or that it is recited by, those words, they are the speech of Allah. In the meanings also, it is the speech of Allah. He said that the speech of Allah, it is not just letters or words without meaning, nor is it just meaning without haruf, without letters, and without words that are written or that are spoken and that is heard. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken it, qawlan. He has spoken these words of the Qur'an in actual speech, and verbally, orally, he has spoken and he has revealed it upon his prophet as wahyi, as revelation. And the believers, the true believers, they have believed in it haqqan, in truth. And this is uh, from the words of Al-Imam al-Tahawi, rahimahullah. I mean, this is similar to what he has mentioned concerning the Qur'an and his aqidah, aqidah tahawiyah. And he has mentioned words similar to this. Allah bihi qawlan wa anzaluhu ala wahyan wa bihi al-mu'minun haqqan and so on to the end of what he has said concerning this. Here the Shaykh says, after mentioning this, he said, that even if it is written with the fingers, and in the Qur'an, even if somebody has written it down with the fingers, and even if it is recited by the tongue, and even if it is preserved in the hearts of human beings, that which is written and that which is recited and that which is memorized in the heart, even that which is heard by the ears and that which is seen by the eyes, he said, this doesn't take it outside of being the speech of Allah. And if it is written, if it is recited, if it is memorized, if it is heard, all of that is still the speech of Allah. He said this, the fact that it is written doesn't uh, negate it from being the speech of Allah. He said indeed the fingers, the fingertips and the ink and the paper and the pens are created. But that which is written by them, by those fingers and by that ink and on that paper, that is not created. That which is written is not created. He said indeed the tongues and the voices are created. The tongue that recites the Quran and the voice that is heard, it is created. However, the matlu biha, that which is recited, is being recited, even 
with all of the differences in the way that it is recited is not created. He said the hearts are created. The heart that preserves, that memorizes the Quran, that heart is created. But the mahfuz fiha, that which is preserved or memorized in the heart, it is not created. He said that the ears are created, but the masmur, that which is heard by those ears, it is not created. And then he mentions yani, some proofs concerning this. The first of them is the saying of Allah from Surah Al-Waqiyah, chapter 56, verse 77 and 78. Innahu that verily it is a noble Qur'an. In that, in a, in a well-guarded book. Yani it is maktub, in a book. It is written down in a book. It doesn't take it outside of being the speech of Allah. Also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ankabut, chapter 29, verse 49. بَلْ هُوَ آيَاتٌ بَيِّنَاتٌ فِي صُدُورِ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ وَمَا يَجْهَدُوا بِآيَاتِنَا إِلَّا الظَّالِمُونَ Nay, rather, indeed it, بَلْ هُوَ آيَاتٌ بَيِّنَاتٌ Indeed it, the Qur'an, it is clear ayat فِي صُدُورِ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمِ It is in the hearts of those who have been given knowledge. That which is preserved in the heart, it is Qur'an. And no one denies these ayat except the ظالمون, the wrongdoers, the pagan disbelievers and mushrik. Then he said the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Kahf, chapter 18, verse 27, وَاتْلُوا مَا أُوْهِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ كِتَابِ مِنْ كِتَابِ رَبِّكَ لَا مُبَدِّلَ لِكَلِمَاتِهِ He said, recite, وَاتْلُوا, recite that which has been revealed to you from the book of your Lord, and no one, none can change, لَا مُبَدِّلَ لِكَلِمَاتِهِ No one can change his words. Here he has mentioned that it is maktub, and that it is mahfud, and that it is matlu, it is recited, and it is preserved in the heart, and it is recited, and it is written, and also he mentioned that it is heard, Masmur, and that which is heard is the book of Allah, it is the speech of Allah, as he mentioned in the saying of Allah in Surah Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 6, وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ إِسْتَجَارَكَ فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَى كَلَامُ اللَّهِ Then even if one of the mushrikeen came to you seeking protection, and if they came to the land of the Muslims and they sought protection at the time of war, فَأَجِرْهُ Then give him protection, حَتَّى يَسْمَى كَلَامُ اللَّهِ Until he hears the speech of Allah, meaning until he hears the Quran. So that which is heard, it is the speech of Allah, and that which is written, it is the speech of Allah, and that which is preserved in the heart, it is the speech of Allah. Then he said that Abdul ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu has been authentically reported from him that he said, Adimu and Nadaf in Mus'haf, and he continually looked into the Mus'haf, reading the Mus'haf, and he said that the text concerning this cannot be counted. Then he closes by saying that whoever says that the Qur'an or any part of the Qur'an is created, then he is a kafir, Kufran Akbar Yukhrijuhu Min Al-Islam Bil-Kulliyah And this expression is very clear Whoever says that the Qur'an or any part of the Qur'an is created That means the kafir It is major kufr Which takes him totally out of Islam Completely Because the Qur'an is the speech of Allah Because the Qur'an is the speech of Allah Whoever says it is created He's the kafir Out of Islam Because it is the speech of Allah He said it began from him And it will return to him It is his speech And, his, and, and it is his sifa His characteristic And his speech is one of his characteristics that he is described with speaking. So whoever says that anything of the sifat of Allah are created, any of his characteristics are created, then that person is a kafir murtad, and an apostate. And that person should be given the opportunity to return to Islam. Yani to repent from what they have said, because they have gone out of Islam and returned to Islam. And if he returns, then that is fine. And if not, then he should be killed as a kafir. should be killed because this is that the kufr that takes a person out of Islam and they, and they don't deserve to be living. He said, لَيْسَ لَهُ شَيْءٍ مِنْ أَحْكَامِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ 
and he is out of Islam to the extent that he doesn't have any right to anything of that which is applicable to the Muslims, the rights or the laws, the ahkam that are applicable to the Muslims, whether it is inheritance or whether it is marriage or whether it is being buried in the Muslim cemetery, none of that is applicable to him because he is actually out of Islam. This topic requires some discussion. How will we stop here? Because uh, the Adhan is in front of us and, and I think most of the people are fasting. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika. Shadun la ilaha illa anta staqfirka wa tuba laik. Perhaps in the next lecture, bihidnillahi ta'ala, we'll discuss this topic in some detail and the remaining questions that are related to it. I think we will stop here and we won't take any questions because we should prepare to break fast. If the sisters have a question while they are um, preparing to break the fast, we'll take it from the sisters. Otherwise, brothers, you should proceed and prepare yourselves. <laughs> now. Now.